Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast from SturdyMcKee.com. Hey, welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast. I'm Sturdy McKee. Um, I've got John Fenton here today. John Fenton is known as the CEO Sensei, the author of Five Minute Mastery, The Surprising Secrets for Transforming Your Stress to Success in Mastering What's Important. He brings more than 40 years of experience and helps people at the intersection of leadership, clarity, and purpose. I'm very happy to have him on the show today. Thanks, John, for being here. Welcome. Sturdy, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Cool. So how did you end up with the name CEO Sensei? Ah, great question. Um, you know, I've, I've been a, a, uh, in my prior life, I'm in a second career now, but I was a managing partner for one of the uh, top top 10 accounting firms in the world, managing partner of a couple offices. And I discovered, uh, which really a practice that really helped me um, be the best leader I could be, which was Tai Chi. And I actually became a black belt and, and, um, and a master in that. Um, you know, mastery is sort of elusive, right? You're always striving to be at your best. It's kind of continuous improvement. And a sensei, basically the, the, the term sensei comes from a Japanese culture, really means one who came before. And so I have 40 plus business, you know, years of business experience, leadership experience, and a lot of experiences in a lot of different ways, a collegiate athlete um, and a leader in college, as well as my Tai Chi practice and, and also business, business experience in many different ways. And, and bringing it all together, I really started on a path of wanting to help executives and leaders be the best they could be. And so I'm just, I'm no better than them. I'm just someone that came before. So you spent some 30 years in a corporate gig or a mm -hmm. bigger firm. How did you get started in your own business and what kind of drew you down that path? Yeah, it's great. Great question. Another great question. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I was talking to someone earlier today about this, but I've kind of reinvented, I've kind of broken myself and reinvented myself many, many times. Um, you know, be, being a, a collegiate athlete at a high level and then going into the, the business world and accounting and I had no clue what I was doing in the business world when I first started out. Um, and, uh, and then also, um, you know, later in life, I decided to take early retirement. I decided that I felt there was more for me to give, more, more that I could share with executives and leaders uh, that I couldn't do in the confines of, of a traditional accounting practice and um, in a corporate setting. And so I had this idea to, to, retire, take early retirement, and begin on, begin my path towards towards doing that. And I wasn't sure how exactly it was going to work or how it was going to look, but I was driven to to find a way to um, share some wisdom. You know, wisdom is really born of a lot of experience, and uh, and I felt like I had a lot to give. And so I took a leap of faith, not really knowing what it would look like or how it would look, and uh, really got, you know, hit my stride back in 2018. And uh, wrote my book that was an Amazon uh, new release, number one new release and bestseller then, um, and began on my path, uh, you know, really full, wholeheartedly in, in helping executives and leaders. Nice. So um, one of the ways you do that, we talked before about creating a sticky culture. So how important mm -hmm. is it for businesses to focus on that? Oh my gosh, you know, the the, the term sticky really, right, it comes from comes from the marketing side of things, customer, customer stickiness, right? right? And, right, right. and messaging, right? And, but I'm, what I'm really talking about is inside the organization. 
and I've been really, in, you know, really inspired by, I'm constantly reading and researching and, and gathering information about new ways of thinking about how we do business. And, you know, you think about, you know, we've come out of COVID, we're in the, you know, we're in the early stages of the 21st century. Most of what we learn as leaders has been based on 20th century thinking, which was a byproduct of the industrial age. We've not been in the industrial age since the 1940s or 50s with the advent of computers, honestly. We've been slowly shifting away from that. Some people call it the information age. It's even gone beyond that, I think. And maybe some even call it an emotional age where we're trying to tap into the human spirit more. And, and so, um, you know, really, I, I would say that, you know, the, the cold concept, the old concept of management really, I think, is dead. We need to find a new way to think about how we do business and in, in, into the 21st century. So the stickiness, I was having a conversation with someone, you know, we want to create a sticky organization. And what that really means is that we have a culture that's built on purpose and trust. People want meaning out of their work. They want the freedom to be able to do their work, have flexibility. And so it's creating an environment where your employees really are fully engaged. We see so much now, there's so much information between Gallup and McKinsey and other sources about engagement has been declining for some time and it continues, it kind of ebbs and flows, but it's on the trend is to decline. And so how do we how do we engage our employees more? You know, the honestly, we want our employees to be critical thinkers, problem solvers, creative problem solvers. Um, the old models, the old way of doing business didn't allow for that. There wasn't that much freedom to allow for that. And so the 21st century really demands that we think differently about how we lead our people, how we engage with them, and really go deep in that engagement. So creating a sticky culture, stickiness or sticky business, if you will, is one in which we are fully engaging with our employees on multiple levels and creating an environment that's, that's based on purpose, trust, and meaning. So how do, you, how do you do that? How do you engage employees at a deeper level you know, on an you know, ongoing basis? You know, it's, first of all, it's as simple as sitting down one-on-one, right? And I think <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's, you know, there's a lot of leaders. I think, honestly, as leaders, we get in our own little, you know, talk about vacuums and silos <laughs> and things. We, we, there's a thing I call leader bias, right? We kind of sure. think everybody gets it. Everybody knows. They don't. We have to remind people. How, how could they? <laughs> We have to yeah. remind. We have to remind people. So the way to the way to go about it really is you got to open the lines of communications. Um, you got to and, and you've got a way. You got to be able to speak really one on one like a real human being. Gary Bernison, the chairman or CEO of uh, Corn Ferry, said, "You know, what, what if we what if we could lead from a radically human way? Mm-hmm. It's one on one. Now you can't. You know, depending on the size of your company, it's hard to know everybody and to talk to everybody one on one." But you can model that. You can model that with your direct reports, people that are close to you within the organization, and model that for the other other people in the organization. So it goes, it feeds down the food, you know, down the line of command, if you will. To, right. So everybody has, you know, can participate in a one-on-one conversation. That really starts there. And it's really, you know, I was talking to the chief people officer of uh, one of the top uh, top accounting firms in the world, and that's one thing they saw in the pandemic. People felt isolated, so they actually go out and try to have one-on-one conversation with people. The point is people want to know that somebody cares about them, mm-hmm. that they're an integral part of the company, the organization, and not just a number or a cog in a wheel. Well, yeah, and there've been, there's been, I mean, I've heard, we've all been at talks and conferences and stuff where they talk about the Disney experience or 
you know, how to recognize employees and gift cards and birthdays and business card and all this stuff. But the most powerful tool you have, I mean, think about, you know, kids or even psychology, and it's going to sound bad for maybe, but even your pets, what's the most important thing you can give them? And it's your undivided attention, right? The recognition and undivided attention, you know, supersedes everything else. And yet it, it is one of the least expensive resources, least expensive things you have, you know, to give. And it has such amazing traction. But Bill Walsh said, the most impactful tool um, that you have is praise, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So talk about that a little bit, because what I keep seeing is there are these successful organizations, and I, like, I love sports because you can see it, right? You see it played mm -hmm. out on the field, you see, and then you hear the drama and the rest of it, but, but you can see how effective they're, you know, they're being. You can see the culture presented on the field, how the teams you know, come together, the players come together, the coaching staff, the rest of them, during times of adversity, during times of, of success. Um, we don't see you know, in business as much it's behind kind of behind the curtain right intentionally but right exactly but i mean what 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 can i do if i'm a business owner i've got 10 20 30 employees what can i really start to do to create that stickiness you know at least for the people i want to stick around right you know yeah so first of all you need to kind of assess you know the, the people on your team you want to have the right people in the right seats right the old uh, jim collins jerry Porter's right, concept. on the bus um yeah right seats on the bus right so um you know i think it's understanding the talents and the abilities of your people number one number two is like we talked about having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people show that show them that they matter by, by giving them that undivided attention that's a real gift for them um you know, beyond that, it's not just compensation. And, you know, people want to know that they, that they're, I mean, you know, companies, you know, um, companies buy or people buy, not buy, buy your products or buy your services, not because of what you do, but why you do it. It's old Simon Sinek phrase, right? Term. Okay. Um, and think about it in your company and organization, people work with you, not because of what you do, but why you do it. So if you have a, have a if you have a clear foundation about what you believe what really matters what is your purpose for your business why do we exist as a business i've taken several you know companies through several clients through this process do you really understand why you're in business what is it about it that makes your business unique and what excites you what stirs you when you talk about that when you have a clear idea about that and the people that are working with you have a clear idea about that they begin to buy in and the other thing I would say is trust. You know, you're talking about sports teams and you're right. Sports teams, especially, you know, football. I played football in college, so I love football. You know, it's, you know, it's all visible. It's all out there for display, right? Every decision you make is on the field. Everybody can check and guess you and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, the, and, and I've studied this a lot because I've been on teams that really sucked. And I've been on teams that were championship teams. And I really think, I really believe the key difference was the level of trust in the organization. So once you start to acknowledge people and recognize them and, and uh, you know, the gift cards and stuff, that's nice. I mean, some people doesn't really, they're not really jazzed about, you know, financial rewards. I mean, many times a financial reward is just sort of recognition. It's like feedback, right? Right. What they really want is the praise. They want to know they're doing good work. They want to know they're contributing to the organization at every level. And everybody has a role in the company.
and great ideas can come from anybody in the organization, whether it's the janitor or whatever up the up the line of command, if you will, right within the organization and the structure. So it's people contributing to the overall success and having that space. You're, you may have heard the term psychological safety, having mm-hmm. the space to allow communication, to allow free uh, exchange of ideas in the company, in the organization that will uh, better the company, better the organization and people better the company, better the organization and really make your company better and make your people feel more like they're more a part of something bigger than themselves. I think everybody really wants to feel like they, they're, there's something bigger than themselves. And that's why we come to work. We're social. Most of us are social people. We want to be around other people. We want to engage with other people. And if you can align the purpose of the organization with people's personal beliefs, I think you can really make it very, uh, very enticing and hard for people to leave because they really believe in what, what the company is all about, what the organization is all about. Right. And you're going to attract more people who are motivated by that vision, by that purpose. And, you know, exactly. the clarity thing, I want to chime in here for a second, because sometimes mm-hmm. as the founder, the owner, the visionary, and sometimes we think of it, well, we're not visionaries. If you started a business, by the way, you are a visionary because you saw something that didn't right. yet exist, <laughs> right? You saw something and you had to right. build it. And, you know, it's not a hallucination. It actually happened because of your vision, because <laughs> of what you saw, Right. So, but the challenge is to paint that picture for everybody else, because it might be crystal clear in your head, but if you don't get it into the other people's heads, if you don't paint that picture for folks to see Mm -hmm. and to be attracted to and to be aligned with, or maybe to opt out, right? It's not what motivates them. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. You want people on the bus, you know, who are going the same place and are, you know, part of the team, share the values, share the vision, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, it's incumbent upon you to paint that picture and make it a clear picture for everyone else in the the organization. It it really is. It really is. I think some of the, I think I read this somewhere, but I'll just, I'll claim it for now. But um, I think some of the best great leaders are able to hold the past, right? Hold where we came from, really be laser focused on the present. What do we need to do today? with an eye to the future and a vision for the future. And you have to articulate that. And sometimes that's fuzzy. I mean, I, I met with a sure. client uh, several years ago where he really kind of lost his mojo, right? He kind of mm-hmm. was a very successful business, small business. And he, he was, he was troubled by the fact that he just didn't feel the same energy and excitement about his business. Right. And we began to work together and, uh, and, and work through some things and kind of reinforce that. And we kind of focused on, well, why did you start the business? What was the purpose? Right. Is the purpose still hold true today? Kind of challenge that process, right? And uh, and he's just nailing it. I mean, he's he's more than doubled his size in the last couple of years and his growth in his business. And he's more energized and excited about it than he ever has been. So it's been it's having that clear idea of connecting that purpose, but you got to articulate the vision. And it's not just, you know, some companies and organizations put stuff up on the walls, you know, that's awful. Like culture and vision <laughs> and values, right? Right. It doesn't really matter. What matters is what you focus on, what you reward, and what you acknowledge, right? On a day-to-day basis, real time, authentically. It's got to be. You got to be authentic about this. You can't just phone it in, and people will see right through it if you're not being authentic. For so, sure. You know, if you if you care about your people, they're going to reciprocate. And, you know, but also creating that vision, that clear idea, clarity about what the future looks like. 
So I have a process I lead companies through uh, strategic visioning. It's not strategic planning, but strategic visioning. And it really kind of takes, you know, from the history, the culture, what's the current environments, you know, SWOT analysis, what do we want this company to look like in the future, five, 10 years out? Where's our, uh, the bullseye of that vision is really your purpose. That's the central theme within that vision. And how do we take the company there and build initiatives around that? Right. Well, I love what you said too about kind of losing your mojo. I know that a lot of people, it can happen. I mean, it can happen at any phase, but really mm -hmm. that kind of five to 15 year time frame, a lot mm -hmm. of folks lose touch with it, right? And they get bogged right. down the day to day and not feeling inspired. But going back to the beginning, mm -hmm. right? Something compelled you to start a business. People don't just go out and do it for no reason because it's, among other things, it's too hard, right? Something got you fired up. So what was that thing? And reconnecting with that can often kind of re, re reignite mm. that fire. Is that what yeah. you found? Absolutely. And, you know, it was reinforced for me about four years ago. And I don't know if I shared this story with you, but um, I was having a great year, as I said, in 2018, my book had, had come out and I was in a meeting with a client and I passed out. Oh, no. And he, he, he thought I was kind of kidding. We've been working together. So he nudged me and I didn't move. So he ran to get help and uh, was in a particular building we normally would not be meeting in, but we were there that day. It was right before Christmas. And this director of the building ran in, saw it was non-responsive, got me on the floor and began to, began to administer CPR. And he worked on me for over 25 minutes. Yes. He, did, he did not give up on me. My heart had stopped. I had stopped breathing. He got me to sinus rhythm. The EMTs came. I went to the hospital. I woke up a few days later in, uh, in the ICU at my bedside with my wife and my daughter. I had no idea what had happened to me. And, you know, the first question is like most people go through, why did this happen? Why now? But I was asking the wrong question. The question I should have been asking was, and I later discovered for myself, um, why am I still here? What is my purpose? And, you know, I spent 2019 into 2020 recovering my health. Good news, full recovery, full recovery. So it's all good. Great, great. Yeah. And, um, and that's all good. Um, and, you know, in 2020, we, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic was our grandson was born in November, 2020. And I was holding him at Christmas time, that first Christmas that year and I kept you know, I kept asking myself that question over those two years about well why why am I here I know I want to help executives and people but why why am I still here and I was holding my in my arms and I said now I understand why <laughs> you know I'm here to be a not only just a male influence in his life but what about all the other grandkids and kids out there making the world a better place for them and and I can do that I can help executives be the best leaders they can be to make the world a better place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and that re really does reframe the question, why are we here? When you connect with that purpose, it's it's powerful, really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Well, so, <laughs> 
hard to follow that one, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. No, well, let me, let me, let me, great. let me, let me just, uh, well, let me, that's good. I have, so let's think of, let's talk about that for a minute. The other thing that came out of that was Scott, this guy, this man's name was Scott. Scott and I are obviously and I are very good friends now. And um, Scott, I went back to him a few months later and I said, Scott, I just want to acknowledge you for not giving up on me. And that's when I found, I didn't even know who he was, right? So that's when I found out about, he'd been a lifelike EMT had administered CPR to over 100 people, highly rated and all that stuff. He said, John, I, I was not going to give up on you. I was not going to give I could tell you were getting good good circulation, good blood flow to your brain because they can kind of squeeze your thumbnail. If it turns red, uh -huh. that's a good sign. And he goes, I felt like you were fighting to get your breath back. So I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to quit. He also said it was the only person he had never broken their ribs. So thankfully for that, I was sore for a long time. I will tell you, he's a very athletic sure. guy, but the thing is, you know, is, you know, we're talking about entrepreneurs and, and business owners, right? Mm -hmm. How many times have you felt like just throwing in the towel and giving up? Yeah, it happens. Right? How many times you quit on yourself? Right. So my, my, my message is don't give up. Don't give, don't quit on yourself. There's always a solution. Find a new way. Keep going. Right. Right. And get help. Yeah. Ask for help. That's one if of you're the, really stuck. Of, yeah, it's one of the things yeah. we don't want to do, right, is ask for help. Just ask for help. There's plenty of people out there who want to help you. Well, and as you said, circling back to the sensei idea, you know, someone who's been there before you, you know, yeah, there exactly. are people who've been there before you. Just one little caveat, be careful if you're not engaging somebody, or if you're engaging somebody who doesn't do this professionally or hasn't had a lot of practice, kind of a, you know, volunteer mentor or something, and it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I've done that. I'm sure you've done that. Mm -hmm. But filter it through so for anybody who's listening make sure that the advice you're getting isn't simply whatever worked for them okay that that ends up being a little bit too common out there and what mm -hmm. i've seen and you want someone who's going to help you figure out your path because your path may be quite different and that's right. the you know it, it, as you you alluded to before it's your context it's what's going on around you it's your goals it's mm -hmm. not it's not mm -hmm. my journey to live over again right right no it's a very good point sturdy very good point so i'm sure you've you you've worked well i mean tell us a little about that so maybe you don't have to reveal who they are exactly or any of that but folks who've kind of come to you with those challenges and and really wanted to work through and make it to the next level you just shared one story with us how about you have any others sure yeah, absolutely um you know executives, uh, business leaders who um, needed to build, needed to be, build relationships within the organization. That's one example. Uh, he had burned some bridges. Um, another, um, really dealing with conflict and how to communicate. So one of the things I can walk, you know, I've walked people through at the board level or one-on-one -on -one is how to communicate um, with each other, how to diffuse the situation and, and how to take judgment out of the equation it's built on several different uh, resources, you know, emotional IQ and fierce conversations, some other um, mm -hmm. sources to help deal with conflict, right? To deal with um, how we relate to people. And um, hang on one sec. <laughs> You'll edit that out, I'm sure. Um, and and so um, how to deal with conflict. And we just don't know how to communicate with people. There's a lot of history and emotions, right? It gets balled up, you know, kind of included in all that. And so we want to be able to find a way to communicate with folks on a, on a different level and recognize that 
you know, we all have our own life experiences. And so everybody brings their own experiences into every conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things we can do is to, um, to really um, do, let silence do the heavy lifting. Let silence do the heavy lifting. Sometimes you want to talk at people all the time, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, and talk to them. When you sit down and talk to somebody, just listen. You know, listen between the words. What is it you feel like they're trying to say, right? And let them speak, let them articulate, give them space. Give them space to to uh, to share what's going on with them and having those real one-on-one conversations. Yeah, and ask follow-up questions, drill down a little deeper too, right? Yes. Yes. Don't always take the first, the first four or five answers. is the only answer. Right. Um, yeah. You got to drill, keep drilling. Cause people, I mean, we're some, we're sometimes we're guarded, right? We don't want to share everything in our lives. Right. Sure. Um, you don't want to be intrusive, but you, if you, if you, if you're one-on-one with somebody and your organization, you need to kind of ask, okay, well, what's going on with you? What's happening. Right. And, and try to create a space of vulnerability. That's the other thing I think is important. And, and, and we have this kind of this, you know, some of us said this radar up, oh, vulnerability, I can't be vulnerable. I mean, the act of vulnerability really is what creates a space for real, open, honest com- uh, communication and trust. Mm-hmm. And if you think about vulnerability, it's really, it takes a great deal of courage to be allow yourself to be vulnerable. You know, Brene Brown talks a lot about that, right? The power of vulnerability. Great, it's just a, a great way to be able to open the, open the dialogue let the guard down and not always think that we are right all the time. Right. So it's allowing other people to share their viewpoints and see if there's some synergy. Yeah. Well, and being right all the time doesn't get you maybe where you want to be. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and school does this, school does this a real disservice. I mean, you work with people in the professional world. I've worked a lot with folks in healthcare and some others, right. And they've got, 18, 20 years of training to be right and do it by themselves, you know, at, right. at age 24, right? So <laughs> how, right. how in the world do they overcome that and start to realize that we're not, it's not about right and wrong most of the time. It's about, you yeah. know, connecting, communicating, listening, working with people. And, I mean, I'm guilty. I came out thinking, oh, I got the right answers, <laughs> right? Sure. And exactly. and then found yeah, that we could, you know, yeah. yeah, patients didn't connect the way I wanted them to early on, yeah. right? Because you're right, right, you're the expert. Right. So what? They got to know you care. Exactly. I think let, you know, letting you know, some, if you think of some of the best leaders you've known in your mm-hmm. in your experience, or if listeners in their own experience, think of who the best leaders you came in contact with, whether it was in a, a prior company or even someone you've not even worked with, is this someone as you emulate as a leader? What's what's important? What do you think really makes them stand out? I think what I found was that the leaders that really listened, they weren't judging, really just listening and and then trying to find a way to to leverage, really communicate with you and leverage on what your talents and your strengths were and helping to guide you that way. And I think that's what's everything imperative for leaders now is to really, you're really coaching your people, right? You're really coaching your team up, coaching them to be successful. And well, I love that you said that because um, I, I've seen an awful lot of people and I know from a good deal of my personal experience, 
corporate business world, hospitals, whatever, the big organizational structures and the management and leadership there isn't and may not be for you, but certainly wasn't for me the leadership that I wanted to emulate. You know, it wasn't right. in many cases done well. And there and there was a coldness mm -hmm. to it, right? There was, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and it wasn't just like directed at me individually. I witnessed it watching other people how it was happening and just really rubbed me the wrong way, right? So the role models that I found for me that work best and often do for clients is think about the best coach you've ever had. Think about the best coach your kid has ever had. You know, if, if you haven't done it yourself or haven't had that experience yourself, but they're demanding, they push you, right? They, they might even yell at you or raise their voice, but you're safe. Right, you you know that they have your back. You know they want the best for you. You know they believe in you. You know they're simply trying to push you to a place that you may not even believe you can get to, but they're solidly in your corner. And we don't have enough of that, and you know, carried over into our work lives. Right. You know, not, not everybody's had that experience, right? And it's really as, as you're bringing it up, I, I so vividly remember being in high school and. I mean, I had hadn't I had not played football before I got to high school, and so I get to high yeah. school, and it's a brand new high school, it's a big high school, and but somehow the coaches put, probably put more faith and believed in me more than I did in myself, honestly. Initially. Sure. And and it gave me the impetus to keep to keep uh, moving forward and to grow. And um, I'll never forget, even we were in the playoffs in the high, state high school playoffs, and we went all we went all went all the way and won the championship, and uh, it was second or third game in and I had um, had broken a bone in my foot. <laughs> okay. Now you can't fix that. Right. And, Not on the field. My, and they would stick my foot in a bucket of ice water on the way to the next game, you know, and I try, and I would, I didn't start because I wasn't even able to practice. I gimped around on crutches and everything all week long, but I would get in the game and, uh, and just got through it, you know, and he, coach even asked me before the, he even came to me and said, well, can you go? And I said, coach, it hurts like heck right now, but uh, actually I said, hell, Hurts like hell right now, but um, you know, when they, when they, when it's kickoff, the adrenaline's flowing, it might be different. And so I got in the game and I played, did as much as I could, just kind of put the block the pain out. Um, and and but he really trusted me, right? He he came uh -huh. to me and asked me, he just didn't assume anything. And and I think that you know he was a very special person in my life, actually. That my head coach in high school made a big difference for me. And I think we get a chance to do that every day as leaders whether you're on a team or not a team or whatever your right. business or organization is, you got a great opportunity every day to make a difference in the lives of the people that you work with and to help them be their best. That's awesome. Incredibly well said. Um, if people are curious, uh, I know, and I did this right before we went on for the podcast, so I'm going to recommend mm -hmm. it. They can grab your five-minute shift on your website. Your website's johnjfenton.com. Yep. Um, Five-minute shift, That's just right. your mindset, focus, settle. Um, again, I did it right before our conversation today and would recommend mm -hmm. you guys go grab it. And that's johnjfenton.com. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, I have another little item. It can help you. As our theme today was engagement, right, and purpose. I created another a document, a strategic. It's called just go to johnjfenton.com forward slash strategic vision. And you'll get a, a, a landing page and you can download um, uh, 
kind of a cheat sheet, if you will, it's 11 key things to think about in terms of building a sticky organization and having deeper, uh, higher levels of engagement. So again, it's johnjfenton.com. It's my website, forward slash strategic vision, all one word. And they can get that free download there as well. And check me out awesome. on LinkedIn too. I'm on LinkedIn. You can check me out there as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, John. This is really helpful, useful, and certainly appreciate it. Hey, congrats. Thank you so much, Dirty. It's been a great to, to be on with you today. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you for listening.